Welcome to the Faith Debate on News Radio 930 WFMD. I'm your host, Troy Skinner, also the pastor of Household of Faith in Christ, and therefore you can find me online at householdoffaithinchrist.com. Joined this week by, well, we're back for some more fisticuffs over the Warrington Declaration on Medical Mandates, Biblical Ethics, and Authority. Daniel Razvi with Conquered by Love Ministries, conqueredbylove.org, and uh, a church, a house church that meets in the Thermont area. And we still don't have a name for it. The Whack-A-Mole Church, David Forsey pastors them. They, they, they meet in various and sundry places throughout the, uh, uh, how do we decide, the Tri-State tri Potomac area? The Tri-State Potomac region. There we go. That sounds really <laughs> impressive, actually, right? He's pastor of the Tri-State Potomac Region House Church. The pastor. Right? The <laughs> I mean, that's like, it's got to be huge. What do you have, like thousands? No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. All right, so uh, if you were listening to the last number of shows, you kind of know what's going on. If not, let me just give you a real quick teaser of what's happening here. We've been working uh, this year uh, for months now, really, with, with, with a few uh, pauses to, to address some other issues along the way. But for the most part, we've been working through the, some historic proclamations that uh, and declarations that have been published by entities within the church over the last like 50 years or so. We've been going through them in chronological order. And so we're up to the Warrington Declaration now, which is only a couple of years old, came out in 2021. And I wonder why, did anything happen like in 2020, 2021 that might've made them put out a declaration on medical mandates, biblical ethics and- uh, I can't think of any dangerous diseases that happened around that time. Yeah, or authoritative overreach, nothing, nothing comes to mind. Yeah, so I'm not sure why they did it, but we're just following along. So don't blame us. You know, don't cancel us. We're, we're... I'm sure. I'm sure they were thinking preemptively and not reactionary. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Because uh, I mean, to be honest, we don't even want to do this topic, but it, it was next in line right. as we're going in historical, you know, uh, <laughs> order. Right. Yeah. So let's so, read number twenty-four. So we're in section two for for those reading along at home. Um, this is yeah number twenty-four. Uh, affirmation and denial. Oh, this one's in denial. Number 24, we deny that the existence of communicable viruses, viral testing mechanisms, or the invention of, invention of, that's an interesting word, vaccinations creates a new standard of morality whereby a healthy person simply conducting their affairs in society without vaccination, viral testing, or wearing a mask is evidence of criminally or morally reckless behavior. Moreover, if such a standard for violation of medical freedom is adopted, conceivably civil governments could permanently regulate and restrict every facet of life. Since according to this same rationale, various flu-like viruses can be unknowingly spread at all times. Further, there are a host of other far more deadly dangers, such as heart disease, which like virus-related hospitalizations also place a burden on the health system. The civil government does not then gain authority to ban soda intake for obese individuals. I think someone should read this to the government at New York City. They, 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 right? They crack down on big gulps and stuff like that for these kind of reasons. That was heavily, exactly heavily why they had that line in there is to reference that actual event where they did ban large soda. Was it? Was it no? They're not being. Ounces? No, no. They're. What did you say? They're not being reactionary. They're being proactive. In case Pre preemptive. <laughs> preemptive. Yeah. yeah. Preemptive. There we go. Preemptive. They want to have something in place for whatever yes. might happen in the future. Yeah, because we, we, well, we want to be careful. Again, we don't even want to talk about this. So we're just, you know, having a friendly conversation. We're not saying. We're just saying, right? We're not saying. We're just right. saying. Well, I mean, this comes back to <laughs> what their premise was in the in the first section where they said there's different spheres of authority that God has placed over the world. You have the government authority and you have the 
What, what were the? Let's let's go back and read those because we want to have that in mind. There's individual. There's individual family, family. There's church, church. There's civil and civil. Okay, so yeah. those are the four. So this is coming back to that same uh, spot where they're, where they're saying it's not within the government's authority to do that. And I think in our society these days we have a a default assumption that the government's job is to do X. Like, if you boil it down, what's the basic job of the government? Is to keep people safe, right? No, not to keep people safe, but that's what people assume. And because of that, well, of course, it's the basic, I mean, to promote the general welfare of the society, right? That's in the Constitution. Uh, and so I think that has to be dealt with first. And once you realize the government's not there to, for the sole purpose of keeping everybody safe, they are there to punish evil, and to uh, and so with, when there's intentional criminal acts, things like that. But you're just walking around being reckless or whatever, or you know, eating things that are bad for you, or consuming things that are bad for you. That's not the government's job to stop from happening. Uh, and that that's kind of brings back to why I have positions that I have on you know drug laws and things like that. I think it's terrible to do drugs, and the government shouldn't restrict any of it because it's not their job to keep you safe. And the same thing they, they should also not provide health care for people that choose to. Well, they shouldn't provide health care for anybody. Well, and that's right, and that's that sort of is the the argument, and we see it we see it here toward the end of this this denial. So because uh, further, there are a host of other far more deadly, dangerous dangerous such as heart disease, which like virus related hospitalizations also place a burden on the health system. Right. So, I uh, I think the. The civil government does have, um, they can make an argument to some degree in saying if we are going to be responsible for covering health care costs, right, then that puts anything health-related uh, in our sphere of authority. Right, but that's a usurpation of their authority. Well, and it, just because they it, say, it, "Well, it, I am no. taking care of this." It, yes, it's it's it is uh, when, but I mean, it's a it's a legitimate argument to say, if you are going to hold me responsible for something, then I have authority over things related to that. And so the government, sure. it's it's okay. Now, I think your opinion, my opinion, probably around the around the table here is, it's. The government should not be responsible for, for those things. Yeah, the health care of every individual in you know in the country, but they're, they're overstepping their bounds in one area, which then gives if you're going to follow the same logic, it gives them reason just to overstep their bounds in other areas too because well, they're here, related. And, and here, here's the consistency that I can respect from a lot of people, which is a lot of people who are in the camp that say we want the government to provide universal health care are also in the camp that say the government has the right to tell us what to do medically and shut us down. Yeah, and I, I would argue that's you know. part of the problem that our society faces, mm -hmm. right? It's the era of the total state where you want the state in right. total control of all things. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and we wouldn't have the same problems we have with uh, with immigration if we didn't have the, the uh, welfare social net set up the way that it is. First of all, you wouldn't have as many people coming because they wouldn't be getting all the freebies. And secondly, people wouldn't be as concerned because anybody who comes comes here is like, well, they're going to have to work their way through like everybody else. There'd be a lot less tension and stress, but because we don't, because the government doesn't do what it's supposed to do, protecting the the borders, it then causes all these problems. And then, and then when it does do, when it's not supposed to do, 
mm-hmm. with all these mandates, that causes problems. So when the government's not in its lane uh, to do what it's supposed to and gets outside its lane to do what it's not supposed to, it's and this is a I don't know if it's a distinctly biblical worldview, but it's clearly a biblical worldview. And while we have the cultural um, dynamics at play that we have right now is because most of the culture is not biblical in their worldview. People are either biblical directly, like the three in this room. We would say, yeah, the the Bible guides what we think, why we think it. Um, And there are other people who wouldn't have the same commitments that we do, but they've been influenced during their life in such a way that kind of by default, they have a biblical worldview in a number of ways. They don't know why they believe what they believe. They just do. Mm -hmm. But we're a minority now. I remember back in the 80s, the moral majority, that the idea that the, the people that were either Christians or influenced by Christianity were the majority. I, I think it's been a while since that's been the case. But I think they're, they're actually making the case here in this, uh, in this paragraph, that, uh, David, that just uh, conceding that the government has overstepped and has usurped authority in taking care of health care and paying for health care for many, many, many Americans even assuming maybe they'd someday pay for health care for all Americans, that then still does not give them the right to regulate every facet of, of society. Um, you know, because they're, they're saying then you can permanently regulate and restrict everything, what you eat, what you breathe, where you go, where you walk, and, uh, and it completely upends every, every other individual freedom that we have because you're not going to stop at the flu or COVID or whatever. You're going to stop, like I said, heart disease or, you know, you could say everybody, everybody needs exercise to, to, uh, to be healthy, so you've got to run a mile every day. If you don't, right. then, I mean, eventually it's going to be regulating every single thing, and now you're a totalitarian government. So they're saying you can't let that slide. It's one thing if you're going to want to pay for people, but, and, and we don't even agree with that. But having paid for health care still doesn't give you the right to do all these other things. Uh, it, it might. Which, which is which, which mean, is which means that the problem starts starts further back than just hey you're taking away my freedoms. Mm-hmm. The problem starts further back with, hey I'm entitled to these benefits. Yeah, I'm but, not sure if, if if what you mean is logically because I would say if you're if we're talking logically it's more than it might it's logically consistent so one follows the other. Right. Yeah. But does that make it just and right in the way things should be? Are you saying that there could be an argument that? It could be okay, or you're saying no, just logically. No, I'm I'm saying I'm saying that's the logical outcome. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. I'm and so I'm also saying logically, but we need to go back further than this to fix how, however, to fix the problem. However, you can still cut it off at a certain place because you can say um, logically, if the government is paying for uh, child care, they should be able to tell me to kill my child so they don't have to pay for it. That's abortion, right? That's logic. It's very logical. But it's immoral. And, and it sounds evil. silly, you know, on the but, face of it. But you know what? There was a story that just this year in Canada when somebody uh, called. They were having some problems in their life. Uh, I think they couldn't make rent or something. I, it was something like, I think, a rather practical concern. And they called the government. And the government agent in Canada asked if they wanted to be connected to somebody in the, the medical department to help them with an assisted suicide because life was just too hard for them. Right, right. I, I mean, so... It sounds crazy. Oh, let's just kill your baby. Well, how about you just kill yourself? It sounds absurd, and yet that is happening in different parts of the world. But but it's logical. Just because it's logical doesn't make it morally right, and you don't have to. I agree. I'd love to take it all the way back to to, to where it started from, but you can still also cut it off at the knees where it is and then work your way backwards. Yes, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. But I'm wondering if, logically speaking, it isn't 
if it is wrong for them to, you know, for the government to take away, uh, to overstep their bounds authoritatively, right? Is it is it not also wrong for uh, for these other spheres of of authority to cede their authority to the civil government, right? Is it not wrong for right if you don't want logically if the government is in charge of you know the education of your children then the government is can logically decide what they want to teach your children right. so and that's the, why the, many in the homeschool movement have been very much against the voucher system right and then so the question is then if it's not right for them to have that authority then is it right for christians to cede that authority to the government in the first place. So you say we should, we should um, rebuff any attempts for the government to give us um, any sort of bennies from the government? Like, like if, if you don't, if we don't want our, the government to be the ones to decide how to edu- educate our children, then we should take that responsibility fully on ourselves and not not have them take any part in it. Right, and that but particular example is is really more dramatic in recent years than it ever has been because now, I mean, they're, it's <laughs> what they're doing to these kids and screwing them up. You really got to I, I understand anybody, Christian or not, I understand anybody sending their kids to a government-run school these days. You know, just, and but, but and the, the thing is, if, if Christians truly believe, okay, it's the responsibility of the family to do that, then is the, you know, is the church supporting families in, you know, equipping them, helping them, enabling them to take responsibility. Yeah, part of also, families. Go ahead. We are also a representative democracy. So just the government is not some nameless, faceless, as it may often ends up being, but it's not supposed to be some nameless, faceless entity. 100%. It's supposed to be the totality of the people and what they will. Uh, and so conceivably in the education system if the, the people have decided to hire a teacher collectively they people can also decide what to tell the teacher to 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 teach but that doesn't mean you don't have any say you still do have a say because you're one of the people that's voting supposedly i know that's how it's supposed to work and yeah it doesn't, doesn't it doesn't working it doesn't like work that, that way it's very bi- then, bureaucratic i think yeah. it probably did once upon a time i'm not sure when it stopped working that way but it doesn't work that way anymore probably when you were beyond <laughs> like the one room schoolhouse right <laughs> yeah. yeah let's uh, look, let's jump into the next one because i think we might not have much to say because we've kind of talked about some of the things in this next one number 25 is an affirmation we affirm that a biblically faithful view of the civil go- civil government sphere as well as the ecclesiastical government sphere provides no lawful jurisdiction for civil magistrates or ecclesiastical authorities, that's church authorities, to mandate or in any way coerce individuals to inject substances into themselves or their children or cover their mouths, noses, face, or any combination thereof with masks. So I disagree with this, just like I did last week, where I don't think... Uh, this, you don't see this as just kind of the flip side of the, of the denial that came a second ago? You're saying even the ecclesiastical government cannot mandate a mask. I think if you're symptomatic with a communicable disease, just like Leviticus says, then yeah, you should be uh, uh, quarantined and you should cover your face when you're in public. I think that's that's very biblically sound. Now, I think that's the extent of it. It has to be symptomatic and it's gotta be only while you're symptomatic and contagious. And only, you know, so that, that should be the extent of it, but I would, I would have that carve out exemption there. Well, just like you would say, okay, if someone 
if someone is clearly ill and uh, I I might not invite them into my home, right? If if I well, but if you I, always have the ability to invite or not invite, but I think someone and, in authority can actually force you to stay home. Uh, well, or at least to not be who, whoever whoever has authority over whatever sphere legitimately can not allow that person to enter into that space. So, like a a shop owner could say, this person is clearly ill or out of their mind or whatever. You know, sorry, you can't come in here in that state. I think it goes far. Or, than that. or a think, church could I do think, that as well. I think the passage in Leviticus talks about completely ostracizing them from society, so they're not. Yeah, but Leviticus is also it, it's about a civil entity. It's not merely ecclesiastical. It's civil it's and like ecclesiastical. A, it's right. a hybrid. Right. So it's not necessarily a one to one in today's context. And, and 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 now, I mean, I'm not sure what the context would would be for putting something over your mouth and nose or whatever. I mean, if it, if it's the kind of thing that would actually work. I, I could see a logical basis for that, but to force somebody so to use something that, somebody, that, you, that you know is just not going to do what everybody thinks it's going to do is just a, you're LARPing. And the thing that bothers me about it is somebody who wants to come to church to worship, and because everybody's afraid of something airborne, you're not showing any symptoms, Daniel, and you show up to, to, to the household of faith in Christ and you want to worship, and I say, well, you can only worship if you put this thing over your nose and mouth. That's extra biblical. There's there's no well, requirement I, I that you hundred percent with that. You, you know that you yeah, have to wear something in order to go worship you know, over your face. Specifically, symptomatic is what it says. There's and a, not only there needs not to only be a demonstrable. Can you, not only do you have to wear that, you can't even come to worship because you're symptomatic. That's that's the whole point, right? But if you're not symptomatic, if you're not showing signs that you're clearly ill, then you cannot be from, uh, forbidden from worshiping. Yeah, they they also include inject substances into themselves. I'm not sure what kind of substances they're talking about, but. Uh, I'm not a big fan of injecting yeah. any substances into my person, regardless. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not a fan of heroin. Um, that's probably what they mean, Troy. Yeah, it's probably, probably only heroin. That's probably what it about. is. Yeah, yeah, probably. You got to watch out for the uh, the uh, the brown shirts. <laughs> All right, number twenty six. I guess we affirm. By the way, we're uh, we're a little past halfway, so I'll reset here. This is the Faith Debate on News Radio 930 WFMD. I'm Troy Skinner, David Forsey, and Daniel Razvi also on the panel this week as we're working our way through the Warrington Declaration. And uh, we're heading down the home stretch. We, we're about probably three fourths of the way through. We're, I'm not going to finish today. We might not even finish next week, but we will probably finish the week after that. I'm, I'm kind of guessing, but we'll see how it goes. So we affirm that any civil or ecclesiastical authority that attempts to coerce individuals or their children with any form of public banishment, fine, imprisonment, social ostracism, or other forms of coercion for not wearing a MASK or injecting a substance into their bodies are ascribing to themselves authority not delegated by God and are in grievous sin. And they got some proof texts here, Matthew 19, Titus 3. Back to the proof text. 1 Corinthians 1 and Romans 16. So they're not, they're just, they're not saying, hey, it's not a really great idea. I might want to steer clear. It's kind of a wisdom issue. No, no, no. Grievous sin. Not just sin. <laughs> Beyond that. Yes. Grievous. What do we think? Based on what you just said, you probably have some issues with that. Right? I, I do, yeah. For some of the same reasons. Yeah. Any, anything that's... This is just more specific than the last one. So there's probably not more fodder for discussion, is there? No. 
I mean, I, I, I agree with the social ostracism and public banishment. I think it's a good thing to do if you're symptomatic and if you're contagious. Okay. Well, let's go to the next one because this is, next one is they have Daniel Rasby in mind. They're trying to meet him where he is. We affirm that although local churches may reasonably enforce policies of calling on the symptomatically ill to stay home, any attempt to impede fellowship in the body by a believer on the grounds of failing to inject a substance into their bodies or the wearing of an MASK is also divisiveness. And they got some proof text again, Titus, First Corinthians, Romans. Yeah, they're trying to meet you and me on that one, right? So what we're just talking about. <laughs> Maybe we just didn't read far enough ahead. Oh, they I can't think, say everything in every no, article, see, I right? think the government can, can coerce people for that too, the civil government, not just the church. For, for symptomatic, symptomatic people, things. Yes. That's what the purpose of a quarantine. Yeah, I, we we talked about this at length. Um, yeah. Was it last show or two shows ago? Yeah. And, and we went round and round. And I, I'm I'm not sure I'm there with you. I I, I understand <laughs> where the argument's coming from, and so I'm I'm trying to really think about it. But hey, I believe in very very limited things that the government should be allowed to do, and this is one of them. But I'm very specific with the boundaries of it because I think the boundaries are set biblically and they're very clear. Uh, I don't want to step over those in, a, in any way. So I'm just slightly more. Uh, and and, to, and to be clear, the you know in the Levitical law, the symptoms are blatant, obvious, obvious. unmistakable, yes. and severe. <laughs> severe, and and definitely yeah. contagious. And it wasn't right. and it wasn't like the sniffles, right? We're talking about deadly kinds of stuff, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think if we hash out all of those things, you know, look at every little jot, every little tittle, cross every T, dot every I figure out every little nuance, we probably would agree. The point is somebody, you know, would have before making those kinds of rules and determinations. You can't extrapolate and then say, because you have the cold. Exactly. You got, yeah, you, you, you got to do the hard work. It and, reminds me of a, 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 a in, the, in the past I've seen churches that have, so this is many years ago, even decades ago at this point, they had, uh, they had uh, a nursery health policy. So there would be a, a short list of symptoms, and they were usually pretty, you know, fairly severe, obvious symptoms. But if it was sort of, you know, if, if your child has had any of these fairly severe symptoms in the last 24 hours, please, please don't bring them into the nursery with all the other kids. <laughs> right. Yeah, and, and, and that Something makes... Something like that's super reasonable, and I that, think. And that makes, to, that makes total sense. And if yep. somebody's going to be that selfish about, well, I'm bringing my kids anyway... That's a sin issue as well that has to be dealt with. With 102 so, degree fever and yeah, green stuff yeah. coming out their nose. But I got to go to work and I can't get off today. Well, then for figure su- something out. For Sunday school? <laughs> <laughs> figure something out. All right. So I think we're up to what now? 28, right? We deny that personal and family decisions so decline vac- two, uh, two. two. I was like, so doesn't make any sense. That's because it doesn't say so. It says two. <laughs> we deny that personal and family decisions to decline vaccination or the wearing of masks are necessarily out of step with the biblical command to love one's neighbor as oneself. And again, they've got Leviticus and Matthew as a couple of proof texts. So if you as a family say we're not doing this, that's not, nobody can then accuse you of not loving your neighbor. That's what they're saying, yeah. And that's definitely in reaction to what was a very popular thing, right? Love your neighbor, wear a mask, love your neighbor, get the shot, love your neighbor, right? Stay six mm-hmm. feet away. Just just so you you know, the, the, the proof texts that they have are specifically the love your neighbor versus no other context. So oh, gotcha. So they're just letting you know where they're coming from, like why they're even bringing this up. 
and and right. and probably pointing you to the actual texts that say love your neighbor so you can look at the context of what the bible is talking about when it says love your neighbor yeah and love your neighbor as yourself well i i don't want people to stay away from me i don't want people to be covering their face their beautiful faces and their smiling teeth from me i don't want people right i i that's what i want so if i'm going to love them like me i guess i should tackle them to the ground and not let them put the mask over their face or get the injection of the <laughs> substance whatever it might be mm-hmm. yeah all right we got time maybe for one more no no we don't who am I kidding? We don't have time for one more. We got like a maybe a minute. So we're gonna pick up with number twenty-nine. It's a denial. By the way, in case you're wondering, there are thirty-six. We only have seven more. So I don't I don't think we've got seven done today, though. So we're probably not gonna get seven done next week in all likelihood. Anyway, Daniel Rasby, um, you can learn more about the ministry he's involved with at conqueredbylove.org. Uh, David Forsey doesn't have a website, so you can just connect with him through me at householdoffaithinchrist.com. That's website the best reach me, householdoffaithinchrist.com. Of course, you can go to the radio station's website, wfmd.com, find the Faith Debate page there as well. And I'm on all the different social medias, Odyssey, Sermon Audio, not so much Facebook, but different places, MeWe, whatever, Gab. Well, anyway, till next week, 167 and a half hours from right now. God bless.